Hello fellow worm, this is Pete Jones calling. A question for you. I know you are thinking of running your first online game. And for the old spike pit, I'm going to ask, which set of rules would you prefer to run as the GM for an online game? And I'm going to give you a choice of three. Tunnel Goons, because I know you've run that with your family group. BX, because I know you've played lots of BX and you've run BX style games. Or lastly, the Black Hack, because I know it is your little darling at the moment. So let's see which one of these you think will be your best game to run. And my tip is, I think it might be the Black Hack. So let's see. Searching for moons For an evil ogre in an ancient room Was a fortunate son of the OSR Without a ten-foot pole I wouldn't get very far The ground was murky and I caught a look As the dungeon master opened up his grim-tooth book And then I fell into a spike pit Oh yeah, spike pit Oh, a pit would have spikes in it I'm Colin Green and you are listening to Spike Pit So that was Pete Jones. Thanks for calling in, Mr. Jones, fellow Purple Worm. We just put out an episode released earlier today talking about the Black Hack. And I I listen to these episodes. I like to refresh my memory of what we've said and and think about future episodes. And uh, not wanting to blow our own trumpet, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. It, They're great fun to record. And... uh, I like the dynamic of four voices on the mics. It works for me. I hope it works for you. If you haven't had a listen, check it out, Purple Worm. And Pete is exactly right. I will be running The Black Hack as my first game online. I've um, got a channel up on the Audio Dungeon Discord now. It's called Windings and Back Doubles. It's basically a, a kind of... Oliver Twist Dickensian fusion of ideas. There's sort of maybe a little bit of Into the Odd in there. Um, Lies of Locke Lamora. It's basically street urchins. Some kind of street urchin funnel. That's what I'm shooting for. We'll see how well I get on. Tunnel Goons could also have been an option. Pete's quite right there. Still enjoying that. It's good fun. Super easy as a just like a pickup game. 
and of course ICRPG. Um, I still love that system. I particularly like using the ideas from uh, ICRPG to inform other games. Perhaps if I'm running some D&D of one edition or another, I'll inject some ICRPG goodness. And I'll, I'll probably end up taking ideas from all three of those games and you'll see a little bit of everything turning up in windings and back doubles. Thanks for the question, Pete. Uh, you kind of answered it yourself. Hold on a minute, what's this? Seems like Pete's not done yet. He has got more to say. I'll hand over the mic. Hi, Colin. Pete Jones here. Just listening to your latest episode, and you were talking about doing something Victorian, and I know you mentioned on the last recording of the Purple Worm podcast that you were thinking of using the Jack Hack. And then on the same episode, you also said you'd like to do something post-apocalyptic. Well, I don't know if you've caught it on BBC, but they were doing the War of the Worlds, and uh, they set it in Victorian times, or as in the 1920s, but they, we'd won the war against the Martians, but it was the post-apocalyptic world. And I thought, what a great idea that would be. Post-apocalyptic in the 1920s. That would be superb. That's not one I've played before. And I mentioned it to my face-to-face group, and they all said, yeah, post-apocalyptic and Victorian. Yeah, now that would be a sweet setting. So I just thought I'd throw that one out to you. Speak to you again soon. That is an awesome tip there, Pete. I agree with yourself and your group. That does sound like an awesome setting. And I could totally do that with uh, windings and back doubles. It could be uh, the background of what's going on in the city, perhaps. I'll have to give it some more thought. It definitely could be used to scratch both itches. I want to keep um, my idea fairly open. Idea being that perhaps I can get the players involved in tweaking the setting once a, a gang has been decided upon and the, the urchins have been created. Each player is going to be playing three urchins, get together, form a gang, they'll create their gang and there might be a nice time to kind of inform the setting a little bit. It's kind of the only thing I, I want to say is, you know, it's an urban sprawl. It's going to be grotty and grimy and, you know, that could fit into lots of different genres. So now I could not resist including this next call in from Roy Lorenko. He's got a podcast now called Chaos's Limb and uh, (laughs) uh, he's referring to an episode where I'm bashing on thieves. And there you go. I'm starting my first online game, and what's it all about? Well, basically thieves, rogues, and ne'er-do-well vagabonds. The irony. (laughs) Colin, I got to your AMA program, Ask Me Anything. In there, somebody asked you which character class you least like, and your response was the thief. And my thought was, well, of course it is. You're Spike Pit after all, so a thief would be antithetical. <laughs> Spike Pit, nice one, Roy. And I should really clear this up a little bit. I guess thieves are actually 
quite interesting. I, I like the idea of them, but when I moan about them, really, of course, I'm moaning about the treatment that they've got in early versions of D&D, even... Mm, I don't know. I, I think I don't mind them so much in 5e. They're, they're very roguish, uh, and I prefer that. They're pretty powerful. I, I'm not sure I would have them so competent in combat maybe 5e's pushed that pretty far but generally i'm i'm pretty happy with a 5e rogue the uh the thief of old though really it 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 just bugs me i don't wish to be controversial i'm not going to harp on about it but i'm really liking the the thief class in the black hack it's perfect for what i want to do in windings and back doubles the players will be playing urchins of course i won't have the um the character classes from the black hack but i'm I'm looking at kind of watering down some of the skills from each of the classes turning them into something called talents and each urchin will have a unique talent then when you put your three urchins together you've almost got what amounts to a level one character, but with a twist. And it's just how how I make that work remains to be seen. I'm going to be trying it out, hopefully, on the kids this evening. So that could be interesting. Not sure how I'm going to do it. I'll figure it out as I go along. Hey, Colin, Jason here, Nerds RPG Variety Cast. Great episode. Um, yeah, I've never actually done bow making either. You know, I've, I've, like I say, I've got a custom that I, a couple custom ones I had made and, you know, member of the local archery club. But, yeah, I haven't actually tried to make one. Um, hats off to you, though, for the woodworking skills and all that. I've, I've got about, I don't know, 10 thumbs between my two hands, so. As far as the gaming stuff goes, some interesting discussions there. Binke- uh, Dickensian game, I can't even say it, but that would be interesting. I would definitely be interested in that. I think those games have kind of fallen into the steampunk thing a lot, but there's still some other games out there that aren't totally steampunk that fall in that vibe, you know. And I think it's an interesting era, and and maybe a little underutilized. The old GURPS horror actually had a setting for that. I think the the maybe it was second edition first i don't know whichever one was like a brown cover of the skeleton coming through the door um it had the stats for three different eras it had like the 1880s the 1920s and then modern day i think but anyhow that would be neat uh the post-apocalyptic is another great love of mine um you, you know i recently did a interview with somebody that will get published soon i think you might have some inside insider knowledge there and one game we didn't talk about was, and I don't know if he had played these games or not, but there's a number of games that are like co-op games, and one of them is Defenders of the Last Stand. And Defenders of the Last Stand, the other one was Defenders of the... Shoot, I forget it, but the original one was Defenders of something. Defenders of the Realm, maybe, and it was um a, a co-op game, and you went around and could have a couple different bad guys as the main bad guys. Defenders of the Last Stand is basically the same game, but it's set more like a Mad Max world. Um, and then, of course, 
gas land is Mad Max-ish, right? Um, so there's some good Mad Max things out there or post-apocalyptic kind of things of that sort out there. I like those things a little more than the super-duper gritty, the road kind of games. And and I'm not a big fan of zombies. I think they're overdone, so I'm not big into the zombie games. Um, what was I going to say? And, and both those games, of course, are basically fancy versions of Pandemic. Pandemic with a bunch of other things added to them. But as far as the Robin Hood, I've got that Rollmaster book as well. Um, yeah, and I look forward to hearing the system you think for Robin Hood because I, I know the Grognar Files did it with what they used. They used Fate, I think. But, yeah, I would be down for a Robin Hood game. That would be fun. I um, I really liked Robin and Robin of Sherwood. Anyhow, I'll let you go. Talk to you later. Oh, one last thing. So we heard from Jason Connolly of Nerds RPG Variety Cast, and I will indeed, sir, be skirting around steampunk. Don't really want to go there. Obviously, if the players were really into that, it, it could be done with the urchin thing. Although, yeah, I'm not I'm not super interested in the prospect of that. Much prefer Pete's suggestion, the uh, War of the World alien invasion type of apocalypse idea. And perhaps, maybe... Jason won't be very pleased to know that I quite like the idea of zombies. In fact, a Victorian zombie apocalypse could also uh, could also be pretty spooky and I think maybe quite fun. I can imagine gangs of urchins going up against zombies. Yeah, I think that could be a rich vein, but we shall see how it pans out. The Robin Hood game mentioned there by Jason... That is going to be on a back burner, put into the future somewhere. Still want to do it. And I might use um, Romance of the Perilous Land by Scott Malthouse. It's a game I'm reading through at the moment. Going to be putting out a review pretty soon, hopefully. So uh, listen out for that one. I feel that could be ideal for a Robin of Sherwood game. In in honesty, any of my sort of smaller, lighter games could also run Robin Hood. I'll have to see how that one pans out. Once again, I'm pretty much a fan of giving the players what they want, so I might I might allow myself to be led a little bit when it comes to putting together a Robin Hood game. To be fair, that is not a massive departure from the idea of a a band of rogues, seems there's a little bit of a pattern developing. Thanks for the call in, Jason. So we're carrying on the historical setting type of idea with a call in from Vance now. I've got a couple of call ins from Vance. He is going through my back catalogue, just like Jason and Roy, who we both heard from earlier. I love this um, kind of recycling of my episodes. It makes the whole podcasting endeavour seem much more rewarding and worthwhile. So all three of you guys, I thank you for uh, getting in touch. And if there's others going through the back catalogue, you know, take this as a thank you as well. Obviously, it would be nice to hear from you, but... You know, don't feel obliged. I just um, 
hope you're en- enjoying the old episodes. I've said I'm a little bit conscious of some of them being ropey. I've had a lot of encouragement from folks to say, just leave it alone. So looks like that's what I'm going to be doing for the foreseeable future. Anyway, let's get on to Vance. Hey, Spike. It's Vance. In episode 94, and I'm pretty certain I've caught up with myself because that's where you review Time Traveler's Guide to England, and I know I bought it based on that recommendation. And it finally got to the top of my reading pile. I finally finished it. And yes, it's a great history read, um, both for you know discussing all the aspects of life from the royals down to the peasants and you know in the cities and out in the hinterlands, and so a lot of wonderful detail and atmosphere and you know grist for the setting mill for you know bringing a little bit of. Uh, atmosphere into the you know into play so great read caught up talk to you soon man be well yeah so i really enjoyed that time traveler's guide i think i talked about it on, on more than one occasion vance there talking about episode 94 and i believe there's a time traveler's guide to elizabethan england uh, and he's reminded me with this calling, I need to check that one out. Maybe uh, stick it on a, a letter to Santa. Talking of Santa, family times coming up. This is the subject of Vance's second calling, talking about family gaming. And when it comes around to Christmas, that is an, a big opportunity in our house to play even more games than we're already playing. There's normally a cluster of them knocking around under the Christmas tree. And I've got a lot of fond memories as a kid from playing family games. And just recently, I've been picking up some old Games Workshop games, Doctor Who being one of them. It's a kind of pretty much a roll and move sort of game uh, put out by Games Workshop, uh, copyrighted 1980. I think it was probably... 81 or 82 perhaps before we picked that up but played it Sunday with the kids and our fed and my dad and I think it actually holds up pretty well the components are not a match for today's stuff but you know that nostalgia is is hard to beat anyway let's get to what Vance has to say hey Colin Vance here um and I know that I've left messages or spoken to you before on it, but uh, yeah, it warms my cold, dead heart um, every time I uh, hear you and Sonny going at it on a episode or certainly you talking about your family gaming. Um, we just never, in our house, never set that up. And the few times I did try to do RPGs with my younger stepdaughter, I just... I think I made every single DM mistake out there in including rule one of not just not making it fun. So that was a lost opportunity. So keep at it, keep a hold of it as long as you can and enjoy. Thanks, man. Bye. A heartfelt message there from Vance about family gaming and pretty much a cautionary tale. I, I was raised on gaming, I've raised my kids on gaming, but if there's people out there with a family 
who, who haven't taken the plunge. Vance is urging you to sort of seize the day and I'm I'm just going to echo that up and, and back up what he's saying. Kids grow up fast, we all know that. Take the opportunity to game with them if you can. Try and keep it simple. If if you want advice on on uh, board games or anything like that, the Audio Dungeon Discord. There's a board game central channel on there where a lot of this type of things discussed. Or call in to my podcast. There's various other podcasters that talk about family games and gaming. Um, but but do something. Um, take the plunge. Give it a go. I, I personally find it super rewarding and you, you're, you're making memories that will, I, I fully expect them to stay with me forever and I consider myself lucky and privileged to be in the, uh, the place I am with a, a good kind of homegrown group. Kyle, I'm Mark from the Honey Bear. In talking about mechanisms... And mechanics, yeah. I believe in the last email I sent to Glenn Holstrom, I actually used the same term, but I actually caught myself and switched it back for mechanisms because I remember what you had said in one episode of the previous podcast. Uh, And also, I don't understand why, but when you got to the part on the parcel that you had gotten in the mail, uh, when you said that, it's got my address on it. Imagine that. I don't know why the moment you said that, I just laughed for a good 10, 15 minutes. Anyway, this one's been a quick one, but take it easy, man. Keep it up. Well, thanks for your kind words, Mark. Mark's a regular supporter of um, Spike Pit, calls in, a member of the Pit crew, and it's good to get this kind of feedback. I, I try and be entertaining. I hope people will find some of the stuff I say amusing. Uh, And yeah, these kind of messages do warm the heart a little. It has to be said. Well, more than a little, to be fair. The uh, mechanisms and mechanics discussion. Yeah, Dave Aldridge I believe he called it, now what did he call it? Something fancy. Linguistic pedantry. I'm not quite sure whether it was directed at me. (laughs) Uh, I don't think he was necessarily 100% serious and was maybe taking a bit of a a sideswipe at society to a certain extent there. Che contacted me and Felt I'd stretched the metaphor a little bit far. Wasn't too comfortable with the use of lubrication at the gaming table. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I kind of got my message across with that one, but that is not not unusual for me. I hadn't really intended it to be a metaphor. I was taking quite a literal look at mechanisms and thinking about how the the language around mechanisms could be used to assist the design process Um, but maybe it's just my my odd view of things Uh, and it was quite a literal interpretation 
of mechanisms. Anyway, I'm starting to confuse myself now. So, on to something on a bit of a lighter note. Got a, a message from uh, Mr. Henchman with some words of caution. Hi, Colin. It's Goblin's Henchman here. I'm just wondering whether it was very wise of you to uh, put out in the public domain there your your pet peeves, because there's there's people out who want maybe wanting to uh, take advantage of that. I mean, if you could just uh, bear with me for a moment while I compose my thoughts on that. Um, sorry, I'm just having a, a bite of my uh, cucumber and uh, camembert sandwich, um, which I, you know, am wanting to have in uh, December. Um, uh, no, I can't rightly remember what I, what I rang in for. Sorry about that. Cheers, fella. Bye. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Hedgeman, very funny. But um, <laughs> I think uh, what you meant to say was you can't remember what you rang him for. <laughs> oh, I see what you did there. So that is quite enough from me for today. I'd like to thank everybody who called in. I want to give a big thanks to the pit crew, my patrons over at the Spike Pit Patreon. And a thank you also and shout out to TJ Drennan. He's got his own patron and he's the man that came up with the crazy Spike Pit theme. Based on uh, the original theme by Logan Howard. Last but not least, I want to say a big thanks to you, the listener, for taking a bit of time out of your day to listen to old Spike Pit. Take care and I'll catch you later.